There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is all about helping people create more meaningful and purposeful lives and equipping leaders inside organizations to make work a rich and compelling part of life so they want to stay, give their best performance, and, and stick around. I talk with my guests to draw on their expertise and share my own experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. Each week in these conversations, I hope you walk away with something you can immediately put to use. And if I can do anything to help you along your journey, go to my website at EliseCortez.com and use the contact me feature to message me. And let's open a conversation to explore what's going on for you and how I might be able to help. At any rate, I'm glad we're connected. Thanks for listening. Now on to this week's program. With us today is Dr. Jeanette McConnell, who is the Director of Education, Outreach, and Diversity at the NSF Center for Aerosol Impacts on Chemistry of the, of the Environment. She is a champion of fun STEM education, an advocate for the environment, and is committed to the inclusion and diversity within the STEM community. This year, she was selected for Homeward Bound, a global leadership initiative set against the backdrop of Antarctica, which aims to heighten the influence and impact of women in making decisions that shape our planet. We'll be talking about some of her passions, her experience of being in the Homeward Bound program, and how she has transformed within it. She joined us today from San Diego, California. Dr. McConnell, welcome to Working on Purpose. Hi. Hi. So so great to have you. Yeah. I'm so great. Um, I'm so happy to be with you in this moment here, um, Dr. McConnell. And I just want to say for our listeners, she and I connected earlier this year when she reached out to me to invite me on um, the Cheeky Scientist show. She set that up with me and for me. And we got to know each other in that process. And when she told me what she was doing in this Homeward Bound um, program, I said, well, let's let's talk about that when you get done with the Antarctica trip. And then let's have you on the show. So that's how it happened. So to kick us off here, Dr. McConnell, um, you know that one of my my passions, among other things, is that I'm an identity and a meaning re- researcher. So I want to talk about who you are. So there's a lot to you. You have a lot of things going on. So let's kind of have a little fun here. If you were at, like, say, you know, maybe a, a, a cocktail party or a gathering or something, what would you say to someone to help them orient who you are? Kind of what goes into you? What would what would you say to describe yourself? Yeah. That's so, such a fun question. Identity is such a fun thing to talk about. So I'm right there with you. Um, and I think I want to start with saying that I am a carbon-based life form, right? So the first thing I am is I'm a part of this universe and this earth. That is the, usually the very first thing I think about when I think about myself in, mm. in the context of this larger ecosystem that we're a part of. Um, and then to skip a bunch of rungs. I'm also a daughter, right? I'm a sister, a spouse, um, and then I'm a scientist. Um, I'm queer, which means I'm a member of the LGBTQ plus community. I'm an advocate for diversity, um, and I care about our environment. And the other thing that I always identify with is I am someone who's learning. I'm a learner, and I'm an educator. Mm. So, what a fantastic package! 
Really fantastic. And what a delightful way to narrate yourself. I hope, listeners, you got something from that for yourself, just how you might consider presencing yourself for other people. That was just a stunning way to start. Thank you for that. Yeah, it was okay, a fun well, question. <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Um, now, I, 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 as you know, I mean, I, lo- I like being a, a social scientist. I like being a geek in my world. Um, and I love the fact that you're a scientist as well. And so you earned a PhD in medicinal chemistry from the University of New South Wales. I want to know, how did you become interested in science and your particular area to pursue the studies that you actually did? Yeah. So can I say accidentally? That's Absolutely, sort of, you can. That's sort of how this happened. Totally by accident. Um, I actually... In high school, wasn't really, I, I mean, science was okay, but I got in trouble in that class a lot. Um, <laughs> and it was actually the only class I was ever suspended from, where they, like, kicked me out and I was not allowed to go back for a couple days. Um, <laughs> it was chemistry, and then that's totally what I have a PhD in now. But um, beyond that, when I went to university, I wanted to study uh, physical anthropology, so which meant I was studying anthropology and chemistry right. at the same time. But, like, long story, I had to switch universities. And to do that switch, in order to remain, like, eligible um, to play sports, which is why I was switching, I had to choose one. And I chose chemistry. And then um, that was a switch. I was at the University of Arizona. And then I had to switch to San Diego State University. And then at San Diego, while I was studying chemistry there and doing sports and having my a grand old time as an undergraduate. Um, as soon as I was about to finish, I was doing my practical work that you have to do in the major. You have to do some lab work. And so I was doing that with a specific professor who I thought was like super awesome. And she just like kicked butt. And so I was working with her and she approached me near the end and said, oh, hey, I'm moving to Australia. Do you want to do a PhD? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's like, why not, right? And so um, I then spent a year getting, like, my the grades and all that. Like, I had to do, like, a year of a master's program to set it up and then moved to Sydney and did a PhD there. Um, so, yeah, totally by accident, totally just, like, taking opportunities as they were presented to me. There was very little planning. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Responding to the moment. And, and I, what I also heard you say is that she was a great teacher. She, she obviously inspired something in you for her, for you to follow what, what she threw out for you. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. She's a very powerful um, person. It was, mm. Yeah. Well, and that go, that speaks to, you know, never, never, never underestimate the power of being able to make a difference in somebody's life. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hear a little bit about what you're doing for work today. So you're, you're the Director of Education, Outreach, and Diversity at the NSF Center for Aerosol Impacts on Chemistry of the Environment. That is a title. I know. So, we just call it CASE. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot easier to say. Yeah. So <laughs> what does this mean? And this sounds extremely, you know, complex and, and, and very far away to me. So what does it mean? What are you actually doing? Yeah. It's actually really... Uh, has a lot of different parts to it, many different aspects to the job, right? Education, outreach, and diversity are all very separate things. Um, but what I do for that job just broadly is I work with the scientists who are doing research and they are um, chemists studying the impact that aerosols have on our environment, right? And they study like fundamental chemistry 
Um, and it's actually funded by the National Science Foundation, and it's uh, they're tackling one of those grand questions. So this is a huge question that we don't really know the answer to yet. So I get to work with those scientists to help them communicate what they're learning and what they're discovering to um, the general public. I don't like that word, but like to students and then, you know, to the wider community, um, as well as um, making sure that that outreach is done in a way that is, you know, the most effective and reaches a diverse audience. And then also to support um, the inclusion of diversity within the center that I work for. Um, mm. So it's actually so many different things and it's amazing. It's all things I love. Um, and it was when I found this job, I had been doing some reflection over the past year, much of which had to do with being in Homeward Bound and realized I wanted to switch, right? I wanted to do something different. And I just stumbled on this job and I was like reading the description and I was like, I can do all of these things and I love all of these things. And so this job now gives me the opportunity to combine my passion for science education, right, with the desire I have for um, advocating for diversity, you know, like social justice, environmental justice type um, concepts into working with researchers, which I was missing doing because I used to do research, you know, when I was studying and I did kind of enjoy doing that and working with scientists And so now I get to reconnect all these different pieces of my life together in one job. (laughs) It's really incredible. That is incredible. And, you know, when I listen to you talk about that, I I go back to the years that I have spent investigating how people experience their work, what they find meaningful. And uh, I'm reminded, you you know, when I when I did that research, I looked at kind of along the lines of the Maslow's hierarchy. And and so there are people that, of course, looked at the relational connection. Then there was some of the emotional stuff, the values, et cetera, that kind of went along the line that intellect, the need for intellectual rigor or intellectual pursuit um, is definitely something that I found among the scientific engineer kind of community that absent that you would not find the work fulfilling. Is that true for you too? And I think um, I didn't realize that connection like that that was um, because other parts of what I was doing were fulfilling. But now that I get to work um, so close to brand new science and try to understand that and talk with these people who are doing such incredible research uh, really brings that back, you know, and I can um, force myself to learn new things all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of the reasons that I continue to host this radio show. I, I mean, I, this has been five years, and this I think you are episode number 257. Um, and this wow. is a, my, yeah, this is my platform to drink deeply from, from life, from subject matter experts, from authors, and consume it. That's why I said I was going to, you know, drink you up in this conversation <laughs> and share you with my listeners in the process. Um, it's, a, it's terribly important for, for me in terms of my fulfillment and my ongoing growth. So, um, I love that you've 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 come back to that to to home, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this idea about I know for you there's there's a couple connections to the work that you do as a woman and in STEM. So I want to have you comment on why do you believe women in STEM are so important and, and certainly in leadership, and is there something unique about their contribution to the world from your vantage point? Yes. So this is something that is really important to me is this idea of 
um, including women in STEM and reaching the point of equity, right, in these sciences with women at the leadership table. And that's what's missing right now. So, so a lot of times at the lower levels, there will be gender parity um, where they're equal. But as you move up the leadership ranks, however you want to call them, you lose that. And that is what I think needs to change. And the reason it needs to change is because women bring a really unique way of leading um, to the table with them. Specifically, they are, um, studies have been done on this. They know that women carry with them a legacy mindset much more than men do when they lead. Mm. Mm. So they're thinking of these future generations. They're thinking way further ahead. Um, and that changes the decision-making, right? It can make you um, have much greater clarity on why you're choosing something rather than for an immediate payback, right? It's longer term. Um, the other is that women often lead, what do they say, from your head and your heart, right? So with compassion, um, with a people-oriented focus, right? So, and that is a way of lifting an entire team up, right? So leadership is something that is not, shouldn't just be one person, right? Leadership means really creating a bunch of leaders around you so that everyone that you're interacting with feels like they are a leader and that they are leading the program, leading the group and, and changing whatever the team is, is working towards. And um, women are often really good at this humanistic sort of approach to leadership. And this isn't to say that men cannot lead this way, right? It's just that in the society that we live in, there is often um, some... What the words we use often are toxic masculinity that exists within our societies. And so those things need to be broken down in order for this type of leadership to, um, to take off and for women to have gender parity at these higher leadership levels. That was beautifully articulated, really beautifully articulated. And I completely agree with everything that you said. And of course, I do a lot of work empowering women into leadership roles. So I'm completely there with you. And, and again, it's not to say that, that, you know, that we're saying that men can't lead in that way, or, or I think they can. Uh, but I, it seems to me from what I could, from what I've experienced so far in my research is that it's just much, a much more natural place for women to stand from. Yes. And it's I think easy. that, yeah, has to do with the way that, in my opinion, the way that we are socialized. Yes. Yes. I've seen, I, I would say the same. Yeah. On that note, let's grab our first break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Dr. Jeanette McConnell, who is Director of Education, Outreach, and Diversity at the NSF Center for Aerosol Impacts on Chemistry of the Environment. She is a champion of for fun STEM education, an advocate for the environment, and is committed to the inclusion and diversity within the STEM community. She joins us today from San Diego, California. We've been talking a bit about really who she is, what she cares about, what lights her up. After the break, we're going to talk about her experience being in the Homeward Bound program and what she got from that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Oh, 
Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Dr. Jeanette McConnell, who is Director of Education, Outreach, and Diversity at the NSF Center for Aerosol Impact on Chemistry of the Environment. She is a graduate of the Homeward Bound Global Leadership Initiative, having just returned from its culmination in a three-week trip to Antarctica. She joins today from San Diego, California. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So... Dr. McConnell, one of the things that was so interesting is when we, again, as I said, when we first met and you told me that you were going to be in this Homeward Bound program and that you were going to be in, just going to Antarctica in, in and of itself was like intriguing. So the program itself, though, when I think about it, it, it's a pretty enormous commitment of time and effort and investment of yourself. And I, of course, absolutely applaud that. Um, and I understand that Homeward Bound is a 10-year initiative, global leadership initiative. It's set against the backdrop of Antarctica, which aims to heighten the influence and the impact of women in making decisions that shape our planet, which, of course, I love, as we've been talking about. And you told me that the program's goal is to get one thousand women with backgrounds in STEM to participate, and you're the fourth, fourth cohort. So I wanted to set that sort of as a backdrop for our listeners. So with that said, tell us about the program. What did it involve? What's it designed to do for women to participate around the world? Yeah. So Homeward Bound, you put it nicely, right? It's this global leadership initiative um, that's designed to both unite and upskill women with a background in STEM in order to get them into a position both um, like with the skills they need, but also with the belief in themselves that they can do the things they want to do. So you need both of those things. You need the skills and the belief in order to lead. Can't have one without the other. That would not work out very well. Um, So this program is actually um, an entire year long program. for each cohort. So like I said, I was part of the fourth fourth cohort. So for the past year, I've been meeting with the other members of my Homebound cohort. Um, About once a month, we all meet virtually. And in those meetings, you know, we would go over different learnings together. And then at the end of that, we all met um, in Ushuaia, Argentina, and then took off to Antarctica together, um, all on a boat Uh, For 18 days, we were stuck on the ship together, um, learning about what it means to be a leader and how we can become visible leaders and how we can lead for the greater good, Um, all while filtering those learnings through the incredible place that is Antarctica. Um, So yeah, the, the overarching goal of Homeward Bound, from my perspective, is that it's a way to connect and empower women with a background in STEM to become better leaders and then to lead for the greater good. 
Mm, I think it's incredibly compelling. And I will absolutely confess to you that I went and looked at the program and I thought, gosh, is this something that I can be part of? But I'm not a STEM person. I My degree is human development, so I don't qualify for that. But I was like, I, I applaud even just the whole year program. I do have my own program called Vitally Inspired Living and Leading from Purpose, which is designed to be a year-long program. And I just graduated its first cohort this year year a few weeks ago Um, yeah so I believe in the power of doing something where you spend time working at it over a period which but again I applaud that you did that that's a that's a lot of effort it's a lot of commitment yes and there was it was an interesting discussion with myself right you initially (laughs) apply and decide whether that investment was worth it um and I mean, at first I sort of just applied thinking I won't get accepted, <laughs> you know? So it's like, oh, I'll just do this, but I probably won't get in anyway. Um, and so then I got in and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so this yeah, is real now. We're, oh, now we're, to, <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, I have to adjust. And um, But it was totally worth it. And really the, the learnings and everything were done in a way that was really useful, right? And there was so much information given to me and then I was given the amount of time that I needed to work through it there was like very few hard hard deadlines which was Mm -hmm. really nice because then depending on how your life changes throughout the year you can um, work through it in in a time that makes the most sense to you Mm -hmm. that is that is beautiful I I think it's important for our listeners to understand um, how this came to be for you so you learned about the homeward bound program from a previous supervisor and then you as you said you applied to get in then you also told me that you had to raise twenty thousand dollars to participate so tell us a little bit about what that's what that requirement was and how it was that you did raise that money yeah so I did I found out about the program initially from my supervisor at Cheeky Scientist um, where we had you on the radio show And um, I, more than just learning about it from her, is I watched the program change how she was working. And I watched it change how she was leading our, um, the team that she led that I was a part of. And it was really inspiring. And I thought, first of all, how cool is it that she went to Antarctica, right? Absolutely. (laughs) A draw. Right there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But also to watch her change was really cool. And so I just, she kept encouraging me to apply as well. She's like, do it, do it, do it. And so I did. And then um, once I got in, yeah, this realization that I need to um, do these learnings and also raise the money. Now, the the raising of the funds is done as a way to get all of us to increase our visibility and to engage with our communities. And that's totally what it made me do. So I created like a, they call it chuffed page, right? Where you can have different perks and share your story and, and get people to donate to your cause. And then I also um, teamed up with a local brewery here in San Diego. This was my favorite um, fundraiser activity. And we brewed a beer together um, oh. as a part of the fundraiser. Yeah, it's called Polar Night. Um, the brewery is called Wavelength. If you're ever in San Diego, you should go check them out. They're amazing. I will. Um, and um, they, so we brewed this Polar Night beer. And then in addition to that, I gave um, a talk one evening about um, climate change. I actually did it as bingo, climate change bingo, to make it a bit more interactive. And then um, I took some of that beer with me to Antarctica, right? So it was this really cool, like, full circle way to interact with um, the community and then also raise some money at the same time. I think but that's my brilliant. Work- 
Yeah, my work also helped um, as well. So they supported me through this um, program as well, which was really amazing um, and helped me with some of the fundraising. So. Mm. I think it's 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 very smart how they architected that as a way to be able to socialize yourself. I think that's very, very smart. Um, yeah. Okay, so can you just say a little bit about what's in the program? I mean, if, if, if that doesn't violate anything, but just I'm just curious to know, as somebody who's created my own program, of course, and has been through a couple myself, what are you covering on those weekly or, or those monthly virtual gatherings? Or do they assign you homework or papers or reading or what do you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, They do all of those things. Okay. (laughs) And it just depends on the topic. So the things that we really went over are um, strategy, visibility, um, and communication. And then there's tons and tons of self-reflection, right? So those four things are really embedded into the program. And we also did this incredible... um, like a self-reflection tool, kind of like, I don't, can't think of a comparison, but it's called, the company is called Human Synergistics and it's the Lifestyles Index. Um, okay. Uh, it's like a test. I can't think of the right words right now, but anyway, um, and you take this, this um, thing and it gives you back information about how you view yourself as a leader and how other people are viewing you as a leader. And they put it into these different styles and it was really, really eye-opening to see how you and others are seeing yourself differently um, and to help you reflect on that and then adjust your behavior and thoughts to become a more effective leader, a more constructive leader. So there was, and we were given a coach that helped us with that. Um, And we did talk about that sometimes as a larger group. Um, We were given tons of papers to read about uh, leadership, about Antarctica, about climate change, and to really get a whole big picture of what we were all going to be working towards together. Um, the other thing is that we met on a bunch of different platforms. So we, we shared things together, like on Slack and on Facebook and WhatsApp. We broke into smaller groups because there was a hundred of us. And that's a lot of people to try to connect with all at once. So they also split us up into smaller groups where we met. Um, and sometimes we would meet via video call I did meet a couple of people in person who just happened to live in California um, before we went. Um, And then the other really incredible thing is they set us up with mentors from past cohorts. So um, I am lucky enough that two two people who went on the very first Homeward Bound um, voyage live here in San Diego. And they were amazing and were a part of many of the events that I did here in San Diego and they mentored me and supported me like all through this process. Mm, that just sounds delicious. I would have, I would do this in a heartbeat. Yeah, um, it was really wonderful. <laughs> well, um, so so one of the other things that I find really compelling about the program is, is the whole <laughs> focus, uh, you know, of addressing climate change. I mean, let me share that I'm from Oregon originally, so we, I will, I'm already somebody that really cares about the environment. We were, mm-hmm. we're just that's who we are. Um, when I lived in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, from in the early 1990s, um, I got to be part of the Rio Earth Summit where people from all over the world gathered to talk about that and then of course from my from my master's um, thesis I wrote about the deforestation of the Amazon and it's 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 uh, impact on um, 
climate problems. And so I'm very intrigued about this stuff, Dr. McConnell. So um, if you would say a little bit more about how this program is designed to to heighten the influence and impact of women in making decisions that shape our planet, including climate change, um, and sort of what, what, what the program did to help you address that or contribute to that. Yeah. And this is the the cause that unites all of us. And I think that was what I learned, the biggest takeaway, right? This cause should unite all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's not always doing that, right? And so within Homeward Bound, they teach us all of these leadership skills. They teach us how to have um, really difficult conversations with other people in a way that's constructive, you know, so you can really go out and try to start just connecting with other people and discussing this with them, right? Um, especially here in the U.S. where there's so much um, disparity in what people think about climate change, having those skills and knowing that you have this community of 100 people behind you who you can lean on when you're having a tough day <laughs> doing that is really incredible. Um, but the other really big thing that I took away from this is we had many people give presentations about Um, the different impacts of climate change. And we know that it's devastating, right? This, the planet is warming and there's like all these horrible consequences that are possible. Um, But what I took away from this is that there is hope and what we need is a vision of what's possible, right? This vision of the world that we want and that this is our opportunity to make that vision possible, right? A more just, a more, a healthier you know, a more um, equitable society and environment is possible, but we need leaders who can see that vision and who are willing to take the steps they need to work towards that goal. And that's what Homer Bound is about, creating those leaders who have that vision and who have that passion to take us towards that great vision of the future rather than um, the sometimes quite devastating and awful future that people see when they think about climate change. Oh, it's such important work. It is such, such important work. And I, I'm thrilled to see that this program unites women from all over the world to, to work yes. on that. It's so important. And I'm, again, all the reasons. Why, the more I, I dug into what the program was about, I, the more excited I got to have you on and, and hear about your 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 involvement and, and, frankly, what it's done for you. So the next thing I want to ask you is, before you even went to, we're going to talk about Antarctica after the break, but before even you, you, you went to that, and I know you were in this program with 99 other women from 33 different countries, which is awesome. Um, I want to understand, what did the participation in the program evoke in you? How have you grown from it? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I think I'm still growing. I mm-hmm. think it's still changing. Um, but if I had to really break it down into a couple of points, I would say the very biggest thing is self-awareness. It's taught me the importance of that, how to go about getting it, you know, like how to make sure that it's something that you're thinking about with, like almost every day when you're interacting with other people. Um, and then that that is a key part of being a good leader is having that awareness. Um, the other thing is I think the possibility that I could do something, right? So to really think that like, oh yeah, maybe I can, maybe my impact is 
going to be worthwhile. Right? I can do something about this. And I, especially as a part of this large community that I'm joining, right? Together, we can do something awesome. So I think those are the two like huge things that I have taken away from this, right? Is to be really be self-aware and understand who you are as a leader and how what you're doing is affecting everyone around you. And then that as a community, as a team, we are better. And it's the only way to get things done is as a, is together. What I heard you narrate there, or I should say that what I heard behind the words that you used to narrate what you just said there is I hear a, a confident woman who is who knows who she is and what she's doing in the world and feels connected to others in, in the process. So it just it just it's it's a conviction, a confidence and a like a commitment to that cause that I hear when you say that. Yes, I think that's you've summed it up really well. Fantastic. Well, I'm just thrilled to have you in my life and know you. Um, let's take our last break here. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Dr. Jeanette McConnell, who is Director of Education, Outreach, and Diversity at the NSF Center for Aerosol Impacts on Chemistry of the Environment. She's a champion for fun STEM education, an advocate for the environment, and is committed to the inclusion of diversity within the STEM community. She joins us today from San Diego, California. We've been talking a bit about what the Homeward Bound program was like and what it entailed. After the break, we're going to hear about her trip to Antarctica. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Dr. Jeanette McConnell, who is Director of Education, Outreach, and Diversity at the NSF Center for Aerosol Impacts on Chemistry of the Environment. She is a graduate of the Homeward Bound Global Leadership Initiative, having just returned from its culmination in a three-week trip to Antarctica. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So... I first need to understand what even went into preparing for three weeks in Antarctica. So what was it like to even anticipate a trip like that? Oh, my goodness. It was a lot. <laughs> there, <laughs> it was so I, I was anticipating this trip for a year. <laughs> and yeah. so I was like so ready to just go and be in Antarctica by the time I was here. But it actually ended up being a lot less like physical preparation than I thought. Um, I mean, I had to get some warm clothes and I did bring some extra bits of food with me because I'm actually vegan. And so I was really scared about being on this ship and I was like, what are they going to try to feed me? Um, and so I brought <laughs> some of my own food with me. Um, and then I had to 
you know, prepare all the people that I was, that I interact with because I was planning on being completely disconnected for the whole time that we were gone, uh, right? Because in Antarctica, there is not cell service um, and there's really limited access to the internet. So I just decided, not you're not going to hear from me. Um, and so getting everything set up and then trusting that everything will just keep going when you're not there is a really interesting kind of feeling where you realize I'm going to be gone for a month and everything's just going to be fine, right? It's, it's like... Um, yeah, that was really, really cool feeling to know that I wasn't essential to all of these things. They could just keep going without me. It was liberating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just got my stuff together and then went down and literally I just wanted to get on that ship. I was ready. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just do this. Right, right. And, you know, and I think it's, it's got to be an element of just faith. Like others have gone before you. We're doing this. We've been, at, we've been working up this the whole year. Let's, as you say, let me just get on this ship. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably really important for us to talk about why you even went to Antarctica. So there's a reason that Homeward Bound chose that particular place. What's its importance? Yeah, there are a couple of reasons. And this is one of my favorite questions. Um, And the first, like, really big reason is that it's isolated. Right. And so we really wanted to have the time for personal reflection for this collaborate. Uh, collective growth, you know, for us to get together and really become a community, all 100 of us to really connect. And the only way that's possible is if you eliminate many distractions. And so being stuck on a ship out in the middle of nowhere, basically, is important to that. But you could be anywhere in the middle of nowhere, right? So Antarctica is actually one of the only place on the planet that is dedicated to science, cooperation and peace. So 60 years ago, actually, while we were in in Antarctica, the Antarctic Treaty had its 60th anniversary, where people decided that this place was for science, cooperation, and peace. I'm getting goosebumps. This is so cool. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's a place where people collaborate. There are, like, wars don't happen there. And it's all to preserve that place. And um, we did have the opportunity to go to some of the scientific bases there as well, which is really cool, but that's beside the point. But that's another reason, especially as a multicultural and multinational endeavor, we, this provides a place that is safe for everyone to go, right? It's, that's what the point of it is for science and cooperation. Mm-hmm. Um, the other really big reason for Antarctica is that it brings home the impacts of climate change, like right in your face. And Antarctica is huge. Like, I can't, it's hard to put into words how massive this place is. And when you're there, how small you can feel. But then you remember that there is no people who live there, right? There's no local population. But that place is severely affected by climate change. The, the Antarctic Peninsula, where we spent most of our time, is actually the second fastest, fastest warming place on the planet. And nobody lives there, right? So it's all of the effects of the rest of the world impacting Mm. that place. And Mm. so that is really striking to be a part of. And so you're in this massive landscape where you feel so small and irrelevant, right? And it's dangerous to be there. You have to be like ready to like, you just at the whim of mother nature when you're down there. So you feel so small, but then you realize how powerful humanity is in that they we we not they we are impacting this place 
from so far away. So it brings together this idea of um, being isolated and learning about the climate and also being in a place where we can all truly work together in this multinational and multicultural environment. It's so stunning and so compelling and so big. I'm just, um, again, I'm so happy to be able to share this experience that you had with our listeners. And, and I hope that it, it, listeners, that it inspires you to go after something like this to really, really grow yourself and, and challenge yourself, as I, I have to imagine that the experience was for you, Dr. McConnell. And and so with that, I, I know you could probably talk a long time about this, and we don't have that much time, but <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your experience? What parts of it particularly stood out for you that really landed for you yeah of course and I definitely want to echo that I think everyone should find something like this find a way you know that they can feel as though they're making a difference and find a community to support them it's it's so important um and I was very lucky to have been a part of this but what stood out for me most this is so hard I think the number one thing is the ice Mm. it sounds so silly because everybody thinks of ice when they think of Antarctica, but there was just so much ice, like an unbelievable, massive amount of ice. Like we saw one iceberg that was like a mile long and it, it just seemed small because of how when you're looking at it, but it's a mile of ice just floating around. Right. And then there are icebergs that are hundreds of miles and it's just crazy to, to realize the scale of it. Um, and also that the ice is really noisy. Mm, so it makes a lot of noise. It's always popping. It sounds kind of like Bryce Krispies. Mm. And it's the air that is popping in that ice is many centuries old. So it's pre-industrial revolution air that you're breathing when you're around those icebergs that are melting. Right. So this, the time scale as well. So all of these things playing with scale was so big when we, when you're down there in Antarctica. Um, and the other thing is, is the people that I was with. So I have never been in such a supportive environment that is open and collaborative. Like we all truly, truly wanted the other people to be their best selves and to grow and learn in whatever way they needed at that moment. And then someone else was doing the same for me. So it's a really unique, I don't know that I will experience it again, right? It was, I hadn't until I went a way that we all were there truly supporting each other's growth and working towards this collective goal of becoming leaders that take us towards a sustainable future. Mm. This is going to sound really, really silly, but I have to ask another question. Yeah. It strikes me that, that there would be an absence of smell there. I'm so glad you asked, because there is not. <laughs> okay. So what's the third thing on my list? <laughs> is the smell. So um, there are a lot of penguins in mm. Antarctica. Like millions of penguins live there. And they stink so bad. <laughs> they, <laughs> they're, Poor little penguins like, are so cute. I know. They're cute, but actually they're really disgusting. So okay. there's like poop everywhere and they like poop on each other as well. They're like so dirty. Ugh. And then you walk over near them and it smells so bad. And they're also so noisy. They're like always squawking and making sounds. Um, so I was totally shocked at how smelly the the penguins were. Mm. Um, 
and seals as well kind of stinky, but not as bad as penguins. Um, but when you're like just out in the, like if there's not that many animals around, it still has a very fresh smell. And sometimes you can kind of smell the salt like you would at the beach mm. of, of the water, um, but not always. It's also really windy. So Antarctica is the driest, windiest, coldest, highest place on the planet. <laughs> and so the wind, I think, cha- takes those smells away and changes them pretty rapidly. Unless you're right near the penguins, then. I'm, I'm glad you shared all that. That really helps. I feel more like I have much more of a sense of what it was like. So thank you for that. That was, yeah. in the sensory experience, helped a lot. So despite the smelly penguins. Um, <laughs> we're, we're getting close to out of time already here, but I want to make sure we talk about something really interesting and beautiful that you did, Dr. McConnell. You invited your fellow program participants to create a human pride flag there, which is amazing. So what an incredible display of connectedness and love. I think that's compelling. So tell us how this flag came to be and why it was so important to you. How did you pull this off, too? I saw the picture, by the way. It's fantastic. I know. It came out so good. I was so happy about it. Um, Well, I really wanted to do some sort of, like, pride demonstration. And I didn't bring a flag with me. And I was bummed about it, um, a rainbow flag. And there was one other openly gay person on the ship. And we talked about it. And we're like let's do it with everyone. Like, let's get everyone involved. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like super skeptical. I don't know want to do this. Um, and we put up a sheet because we didn't have, when we were on this ship, we didn't really have digital talking to each other. So we like put a piece of paper up on the wall and said, sign up for a cup. If you want to be in the rainbow flag? And tons of people put their names on there. And then the day came around, and it was actually really rough seas outside. <laughs> and so we gathered in one room, and everyone got into the colors that they needed. Um, people brought extra shirts. Like, some people had many colors, and other people shared. Because some people only brought, like, really, you know, beige clothing <laughs> for Antarctica. Right. And so they shared clothes so we could get all the colors around. The expedition team, who was the people leading us into Antarctica, they joined us. Um, and then we marched up to the deck uh, where we were, where we took the photo. And like I said, it was a bit rough and windy. And so we were getting in the lines. And as the ship would um, toss, everybody would like move all to one side of the boat <laughs> and then all to the other side of the boat. And we were all just laughing. And um, everybody was like joined together, like to try to not fall over. And it was just incredible. And then we managed to get the photo. And I was like, this was it's definitely one of my highlights from the trip to see that when you have, when you really want to do something, right? We really wanted to make this happen. And I shared it with the, the group and they're like, yes, let's do it. And like, it just happened. Right. Um, so I was so blown away by everyone's participation and how much they enjoyed it as well. It wasn't just me enjoying it. Everyone had a really wonderful time. So I was just so thankful to all of them for helping me make that moment because it was mm. very special. Mm. Uh, the, the picture is phenomenal. It really is phenomenal. It says there's just no way to really p- give words to what the beauty of that photo and what you did. And, and, and so part of what I also am hearing from, from this is, you know, I, I wanted you to talk about what you, how this program has transformed you. It seems to me, even in just what you narrated there, that you stepped, what I have a saying, is you stepped more into your shine. Um, you, you let 
who you really are come right out to the front and, and, and literally celebrated it. And one of the things we talk about so much is, you know, when you're a leader is to really be authentic in that space. And it seems to me that you've also claimed even more of your own authenticity through the program. Yes, most definitely. That's what it's all about. It's like about that. I think that authenticity comes from self-awareness, right? It comes Mm -hmm. from that reflection where you realize, oh, this is who I am. And then you have the confidence to step out and be that authentic leader. Mm -hmm. That's the leaders people want to follow. That's who they want to be connected with. It's those authentic leaders. Absolutely agree. Uh, well, I, I hate to let you go because you have been such an incredible person to just to spend time with and learn from and be inspired by. But here we are at the end of the program already. And you know that this program is intended to help people across the world develop more meaning, passion, inspiration, and purpose across their lives and their work. That said, what would you like to leave our listeners with? So the very first thing is that if you are a woman with a background in STEM, go check out Homeward Bound. See if it's something that resonates with you. And then the thing that I really want to leave is that for me, this was so much about finding um, a community that I have a shared passion and a shared vision with, and that that is so incredibly empowering. Um, And I think it's really important in our work, right, and in our daily lives that we have that community who we share values with. And so if you don't have that, you don't think you have that, to try to find it. And it can be really, really game-changing. What a beautiful way to finish. And yes, I certainly applaud. Like I said, if I had a STEM background, I'd be all over Homeward Bound. Um, thank you so much, Dr. McConnell, for coming and sharing. We, we timed this conversation, so it was right on the heels of you coming back, so it's fresh. I really thank you so much for coming into my life and letting me share you with the, with the listeners across the world. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been wonderful to have the opportunity to share. I really appreciate it. Well, terrific. So listeners, if you want to learn more about Dr. McConnell or to contact her, the first thing you might want to do is just go to LinkedIn and look for her there. So you spell her first name, Jeanette. It's J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E. Her last name is McConnell, M-C, capital C-O-N-N-E-L-L. You can also find her via email. It's jmcconnell at ucsd.edu. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via a recorded podcast. We were on the air with Justin McCorkle talking about the power of being able to change a life in a single conversation. It was awesome. Very, very in-depth, real conversation with a gentleman who spent 12 years also as a preacher. He, He knows a lot about conversation. Next week, we'll be on the air with Mike Coles talking about how his own experience of being a traveling professional away from his young son set him on a journey to create an app that allows distant parents to read to their children using their own voice. See you there. Remember that work is at least one third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.